This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What up, y'all? Happy Saturday night. We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. We are going to be talking a lot of hoops on this episode. I was planning on doing this tomorrow and talking about spring ball today, but the start of spring ball was pushed back to Monday, probably due to the weather. But we'll talk football over these next couple of days instead, including what the Avery Morrow situation could mean for the Rams. Certainly not going to speculate on his legal situation or anything like that. But for those that missed it, he has been suspended since late January from the team. He got into a physical altercation. That process is currently playing out in court. Um, currently being adjudicated by CSU Conflict Resolution Center as well. But we'll just have to see how this whole situation plays out. Like I said, I don't really have any interest in speculating. But I'll give you updates as we get them. And I'll talk about, you know, the potential impact on the roster and what it could mean for other guys and all that kind of stuff. Before we talk about John Tanjay entering the transfer portal, Jacob Jennison, and a potential target on the recruiting trail for CSU, hint, hint, could they land a buff? or a former one, I should say. We'll talk about that all in a little bit. Real quick, I just kind of wanted to open with how cool it is that the Mountain West and Conference USA have a pretty legitimate shot at a national title. FAU, who's 35-3 and right now, they were completely underseeded. They got a 9 seed, drew a tough 8-9 game against Memphis in the opener. You thought they would have had to play Purdue, but Purdue went down. They continued their run with a 79-76 win over Kansas State, another team that was just a lot of fun. Uh, Marquise Noel, probably the most electric player in the tournament. He had 30 in this one, but it just wasn't quite enough to overcome FAU. They executed really, really well down the stretch. I mean, it has not been a fluky run. That is a very talented team. They're well-coached under Dusty May. And now they're just one went away from an appearance in the national title game. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. San Diego State as well, taking down number one Alabama, the villain of the tournament. And again, it was not a fluky performance. I mean, Alabama, especially in that first half, I thought played about as well as, as I'd seen them play in the last five, six years. That was a definitive outcome against what many thought was the best team in the tournament. They were certainly one of the hottest teams coming in. They rolled through the SEC. Brandon Miller was on fire coming in. He did not play well in the tournament. But what a run by this Aztec team under Brian Dutcher. They certainly had the experience coming in. They were built for this. But after two straight years of every talking head diminishing the Mountain West, talking about how it's a fraudulent conference that can't win in March, the Aztecs, if they can beat Creighton, are in the final four. That's huge for the Mountain West, even if the Aztecs aren't going to be in the conference long term. 
All right. I wrote about this, but I was able to catch up with Nico Medved earlier this week to talk about the anniversary of the win over Missouri. Obviously, we had Dorian Green on the pod. That was a ton of fun. If you missed it, certainly go back and check that out. Green was an awesome guest. But I also had an opportunity to talk with Medved about what Furman's success meant to him individually as a guy that spent over a decade there as an assistant and then a head coach. But we also talked about how cool it is to see San Diego State make this run. And Medved just kind of went into the wonkiness of the NCAA tournament and how if you keep getting there, eventually you're going to pull through. If you bring enough good teams to the field, eventually one of them's going to have that breakthrough moment. The Aztecs are that team this year. So I'm going to play that audio. Then I'm going to talk about John Tanjay entering the portal. I'm going to talk about Jacob Jennison as well. We'll talk about a potential buff that could be a Ram in the future. And we will wrap up with just a few more thoughts on that San Diego State Creighton game because those are two teams that I really love watching. Before we get into everything, now is a great time to sign up with America's top-rated sportsbook app. Of course, I'm talking about DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings has an endless variety of things you can bet on. It's the heat of March Madness. They're offering all kinds of boosts and promos every day of the NCAA tournament. So that's been an absolute blast. Now is a great time to get those futures in for baseball. We've got opening day coming up in basically like a week. You don't want to miss out on that. You also don't want to miss out on the opportunity to place a no-sweat NBA SGP. That stands for Same Game Parlay. The more legs you add, the bigger your odds, the bigger your opportunity to win big. What's awesome, though, is you can place the Same Game Parlay up to $10, and if it doesn't hit, you're going to get your bet back. You're going to get an opportunity at redemption, and that's why we love DraftKings. Download the app now, sign up with the code DNVR. New customers can bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with that code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Additionally, I want to talk to you guys about Game Time, the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, maybe floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. You're not going to find a better deal this spring on Nuggets tickets, Avs tickets, uh, Taylor Swift, I don't know, you name it, than you will with Game Time. It was created by the fans for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. If you love DNVR, then you're going to love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the podcast description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. All right, from earlier this week, just a little tidbit from my one on one conversation with Nico Medved. As a coach, what did, what did it mean to you to see? Uh, Furman win in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, they've had a, a ton of continued success since you kind of went in there and, and turned it around. It's it's awesome. I mean, you know, obviously, I have a, a huge affinity for that place and the people, and there's just so many special people there and memories. And, you know, Coach Richie and his staff, they just do such a phenomenal job. And I know what that meant to those people. And, um, you know, we had 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 a lot of success. Bob's had a ton of success and to get over the hump and finally win that conference tournament. It's so different in those one bid leagues. You know, I know that in 2016, you know, we had like to this or we had 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 tied for the you know regular season championship that year. 
but then we got beat in the conference tournament. And that means you don't, you don't go to the NCAA tournament and to see them finally get over the hump and see the excitement and know what that meant to a university like that. And then to go and, 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 and get, you know, just an epic win like that over Virginia, um, pretty special. And, and so I'm just so happy for them and so proud of them. And, and, and I know intimately what that means to that school and those people. It's got to feel good. Well, I don't know about feel good, but San Diego state winning a, a couple of games here. Maybe people will finally stop with the mountain West can't win in March stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's listen, we all understand the, 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 the business and, and all that, but you know, there's a lot put on, you know, who wins, you know, what game at this time of the year. That's when the, the, I know most of the focus is on college basketball, but you know, the hardest thing is year in and year out, you know, to have success and, and, and compete in your league. And, you know, the NCAA, we just keep getting teams in eventually there's going to be success. And some of it becomes, you know, the draw sometimes, Justin, it's simply just finding a way to win the first game. You know, you, you, you find yeah. a way to get over the hump in the first game and boy, anything can happen. And, and, you know, you get, look at a team like Farley Dickinson. I mean, my God, they didn't win their conference or their conference tournament. <laughs> they go to the NCAA tournament because of default and look at what happens, you know, and, and it's just so, so sometimes you have to play really, really well, but you have to get things to go your way. We all know how good San Diego state is and how good they've been for a long period of time. And it's really easy to forget too. And in, in the COVID year, they were 30 and two. Yeah. They probably would have been like a one or a two seed. Yeah. I mean, so sometimes, you know, things have to go your, and, you know, last year for us even, yeah, it, it was, a, it was a really, really tough draw um, for us, but you know, that's the, that's the loss that still haunts me the most. I mean, we led Michigan for a lot of the way. I think we really had a real opportunity there and, and, you know, we didn't get the job done, but, but Michigan was really good, you know, and obviously they turn around and beat Tennessee the next night and, um, and all those things, but you know, you just got to keep fighting to put yourself in position and give yourself opportunities. And when you do that, eventually you're going to break through. Cool, cool, cool. As always, really appreciative of Nico Medved for giving us some of his time. He's always incredibly gracious and engaged in interviews. It's it's really refreshing. I've, I've covered plenty of coaches in in my time that would rather be doing anything but giving me, you know, the time of day. But that's just never Nico. That's never Jay Norvell. I'm, I'm sure there are times where they would be rather doing things but talking to me. But they're just, they're always so great. And that's something that I don't take for granted. All right, let's, let's talk about the big news of the week, which is obviously that John Tanjay has decided to use his fifth season of eligibility elsewhere. Isaiah Stevens, on the other hand, will declare for the NBA draft while maintaining his eligibility. He can return to CSU based on the feedback he gets out at the Combine and through that process. But I thought it was really significant that in that graphic he posted on social media, he made it pretty clear that it's either pro ball or it's returning to CSU, much like David Roddy last spring. Isaiah doesn't have any interest of exploring the transfer possibilities. And that's just a testament to his loyalty and everything that he's established in Fort Collins. As far as his draft prospects go, I'll get some people on the pod over the next couple of weeks that are much more locked into the NBA draft evaluation process. The tough part with Stevens is that he's most certainly undersized by typical NBA standards and as skilled and 
as intelligent of a point guard as he is, you know, he's not like the most explosive guy in terms of jumping through the roof. He's not the quickest guy in the building either. Again, don't get me wrong. I think he's one of the best college point guards to ever suit up. I I just think he's so intelligent and skilled. He's a phenomenal person, just could not be more high character. I have the utmost respect for him. He's he's just incredible. And if he wanted to, he could get a whole lot of money, a couple hundred thousand dollars to go transfer to a high major somewhere, star for them. Lord knows there have certainly been coaches from big schools that have tried over the years with him and David, for that matter. I hate all the bullshit tampering that goes on in today's game, but that's a rant for a different day. Basically, though, your margins are are just so slim if you don't have you know, a 6'6 frame and you don't jump through the building or something like that. I mean, even if Isaiah was two inches taller, I don't even think it would be a question about him getting drafted with everything that we've seen. I mean, you could not find a headier point guard. He just plays the game the right way. At his height, there are teams that just frankly will not draft him. They won't invest in him. But it only takes one. It only takes one team to believe in him. His tagline or whatever is make him believe which feels fitting i could see a scenario out at the combine where he's playing with a bunch of pros and you just see the way that he runs the floor facilitates elevates everybody around him and a team could decide you know i want some of that i'm never going to count out isaiah he's just too proven of a winner but it's going to be an uphill battle for him to prove the doubters wrong We'll have to see what happens. I'd most certainly wish him the best no matter what he decides. Selfishly, I would love another run. I mean, if he comes back with Josiah coming back, Cartier, if they could add a big, love what we saw from Jalen Lake late in the season. I mean, I, I think the Rams could be really good right back in that 20-plus win range in contention at the, at the top of the league. But Isaiah has to do what's best for him. I understand that as well. I just think it's really cool that much like David, in a situation where he could basically go anywhere in the country and play college basketball, he's you know remaining true to CSU, to the school that gave him a shot, the school that believed in him from day one, the community that supported him from day one. There just seems to be less and less of that in college athletics these days, and I'm not exaggerating when I say basically any year after his freshman season, Isaiah could have transferred up somewhere. At this point, he's already given CSU four years. He could look at the situation like it's a it's a wonky COVID year I wasn't supposed to have anyways. I've already fulfilled my commitment or what maybe he feel, felt he owed to CSU. You know, I'm sure a school in, in the Big 12 would love a point guard from Dallas, but Isaiah just isn't built like that. And I, I just don't think there's ever going to be another guy like him. We'll see how this process plays out. I, again, selfishly would love to see him come back. I think it elevates CSU's ceiling significantly. But especially after four years in the program, he's kind of just got to do what's best for him. And the same applies for John Tanjay, who has decided to leave. And I know I just you know rambled for a couple minutes about how much I love Isaiah for staying, and I do. Well, not necessarily staying, I guess. We don't know that. But for not exploring the the transfer opportunities. And it is something that I very much respect and appreciate about him. But I do want to make it clear that I also don't fault a guy like John Tanjay, who after four years in the program is deciding he does want to go out and explore other opportunities. 
John was a guy who at a high school had very little D1 interests. Nebraska Omaha offered him and CSU. That's it. He came and was like the eighth, ninth guy in the rotation as a freshman, but you could see the the flashes of athleticism and that he had some potential really came into his own as a sophomore and junior in that six man role did make some spot starts here and there, but really wasn't a starter until his senior season, obviously had 13 total starts over those first three seasons, 33 starts his senior year. I thought that he played the best ball of his career. Another guy that I would have loved to see him come back, but he's given his four years to CSU. He was nothing but selfless and a tremendous teammate the entire time. I can't stress enough how few individuals would have gone back to the bench without a fuss after dropping 30 in a game against Oral Roberts the way that he did to open up that junior campaign. And the truth is, is his situation is not quite the same as Isaiah's. He hasn't gotten the love and the praise that Isaiah and, and Roddy got throughout the years. You know, certainly not the attention, at least. He's had some NIL opportunities, but I mean, he's certainly going to have an opportunity to make much more by transferring. And I just, I don't fault him for wanting to go out and and basically get his. There is a small part of me, I guess, that thinks it kind of stinks just the idea of him going and playing elsewhere after CSU was really the only big school that that gave him any love. But again, he played four years. Under normal circumstances, he wouldn't have this season of eligibility available anyways. I wish him well on his journey. Based on Twitter, it seems like there are a lot of high majors that have interest. So hopefully he finds a good fit. And from CSU's perspective, I would say the silver lining of this scenario is that it probably is better for the development of uh, Tavy Jackson and Kyan Evans and probably leads to more shots for Jalen Lake as well, a guy who I, I thought really came on strong at the end of the season and I still think has the ability to be you know, one of the best scorers in the conference, at least one of the best three-point shooters. So, yeah, that's my two cents on Isaiah Stevens, John Tanche. I'm, I'm not really shocked how this has played out for either of them, but they're two great dudes. I've enjoyed covering them. No matter what happens, I most certainly wish them well on their path, and they were great Rams, a part of some great runs, and, you know, those are teams that I'll remember for the rest of my life. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Jacob Jenison. Real quick, though, the American Raptors have joined a new league, the Columbia Rugby Federation. It's an intercontinental competition featuring six teams from South America. The Raptors are the only North American team in the competition. The Raptors are going to play six matches at home, six matches on the road, and tickets to all the home matches are free. That is super dope. All you got to do is visit AmericanRaptors.com. You can get your free ticket for the upcoming season. If you can't make the game, you can stream them for free on their website. Stay up to all the news of the Raptors with our DNVR rugby podcast. You can follow it on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby. Colton Strickler is going to keep you updated with weekly podcasts and regular written content. He is a CSU alum, so we got to we gotta support him. Rams support Rams, right? I do want to send my best out to the Strickler family. Colton's father recently passed away unexpectedly. So my heart goes out to him, certainly praying for, for his family. Um, I can't imagine what this has been like. But I'm telling you, Colton, he does just a phenomenal job on this rugby beat. He makes it really approachable. And what's cool about the Raptors is they convert athletes of other sports, former football players, 
uh, basketball players, soccer players, whatever, and they turn them into rugby stars. And it's been really successful. And Colton's just the perfect guy to, to, you know, keep you in the loop with all of it. One last time, follow them on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby. Finally, got to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week. I'm rocking with the Aztecs. I'm riding this Mountain West train until it dies. You can get them on the money line at plus 125. I hit it against Bama. That was sweet. Also hit a boosted um, spread. So that that was easy money. And we're rocking with the, with the Aztecs until they let us down. So San Diego State money line, DraftKings pick of the week, plus 125. Lock it in. Cool, cool, cool. The other most recent Ram to enter the portal outside of Tanjay is seven-footer Jacob Jennison. He's a guy who I've heard nothing but great things over the years about, but just unfortunately could not stay on the court, has now had uh, two ACL tears these last couple of years. Had he been healthy, I think he probably would have been the starting five going into the season. I mean, all last year, all we heard from the staff, from guys like Roddy, like Stevens, was the the great strides that Jennison had had made and how much he was improving and how great he looked in practice. But it just unfortunately has not worked out for him in Fort Collins. I did wonder if they would try and give it one more go, but it, it just it has not worked out. Certainly wish him the the best. I wonder if he maybe drops down a level or something like that. But he is a guy that I would love to see, you know, flourish because he just has not really had that chance. With Jennison no longer in the picture and Moore's moving on, obviously the Rams have a pretty glaring need at the five. And I think recruiting-wise, we're, we're seeing them kind of target the front court right now. The hope from a lot of CSU fans was that they might be able to land Lawson Lovering, a guy who's at a Cheyenne Central High School, uh, ultimately signed with CU, was recruited really hard in high school by CSU, but again, ended in Boulder. He entered the transfer portal recently after really playing well down the stretch for the buffs. And it, it would have made a lot of sense. I mean, his parents go to every game regionally. Unfortunately, though, he is going to Utah. Had heard that that was a pretty strong possibility. He confirmed it on Twitter tonight. So that CSU to CU defection we were all hoping for did not happen. Would have been a little bonus Jonas too, because it would have upset Wyoming fans that uh, a native decided to go to Fort Collins and not come back home but he'll be taking his talents to Salt Lake City instead. That said, the Rams could still be in the mix for another former buff, Dominique Clifford, part of the same class, actually a former four-star recruit in high school, another guy that CSU was in on, a talented guard. He entered the portal recently as well. Maybe he'll be in the mix. Colorado Springs native, uh, had a pretty good relationship with Ali Farouk Manesh. He's a guy who flashed at, at times for CU, but probably from a developmental standpoint would have been better off going to the Mountain West out of high school anyways. But he's a guy to keep an eye on at least. It's going to be a chaotic couple of weeks. Recruiting right now is... It's tough. I'm not going to lie. The Rams are in a tough spot NIL-wise. They just they don't have the NIL money that even New Mexico has. I mean, they're, they're throwing around $100,000 to, to land you know, a, a TCU transfer. It's just, it's a new world. I, I've heard that Graham E.K. is asking prices about 300 K and I'm not even saying that he doesn't deserve it with his injury history. That's a guy that should certainly try and maximize whatever earnings he can get now, but just seeing how quickly 
NIL went from a cool concept of guys being rewarded within their local community, doing stuff like what Brady Hole does, what I did with Trey McBride and Roddy, t-shirt deals, that type of stuff to just blatant pay-for-play, bag-dropping, tampering behind the scenes. It's It sucks. And unless... All of a sudden, these next couple of years, you know, CSU drastically gets a lot more NIL money and winning w- would help that. But I, I don't know how you win if you can't recruit. And I don't know how you can recruit if you don't have NIL money. It's kind of this weird um, cycle. But I'm to the point where I'd rather just have it be structured salaries for the players on top of on top of their scholarship. And it could all be out in the open and it could be regulated and you could have standardized free agency periods. And if, if we're going to make it pro basketball, let's make it pro basketball. But what it is right now is just basically open shadiness. All the things that everybody used to hate or claim they did. It's now just standard operating procedure. Coaches wearing their team attire in the living room of players that are on the rosters of other schools and DMing guys with offers. And it's... It's just not what it was supposed to be. So we'll see what happens on the recruiting front. I just want to warn everybody that I do think with both CSU hoops and CSU football, it's it's going to be a situation where we're really dependent on signing and developing high school talent because the, the transfers are, are just getting bags of cash. And the world we live in today is significantly different than even 15 months ago. But that's all I have for this one. I was going to talk more about San Diego State and Creighton, but we'll just see how that game plays out. Really interesting matchup. Two teams that are starkly different. Creighton, finesse offense. San Diego State, powerful, overwhelming on-ball defense. Going to be really intriguing to me to see who prevails. I will say Creighton beating NC State the way that they did when they couldn't hit seemingly anything was significant. I don't know if Kalkbrenner is going to be able to just take over down low the same way against Mensa and San Diego State, though. If Shireman and Nebhard and Kaluma and some of these guys are just hitting a ton of threes, I'm not sure if San Diego State will have the offensive firepower to keep up, but typically they control the pace. They defend the three-point line well. It should be a really fun game, and I'm really looking forward to it. Funny enough, before the world shut down in 2020 and I still have the tickets... These were the two teams I bet on to win the NCAA tournament. I got San Diego State when they won 30 games that year at 21 and Creighton at 30 to 1. It's just two programs that I've believed in for a long time. One, because they have talent, but they have stability. And I think they're good reminders that it's if you have a great coach, you got to rock with him, even if he has a down year. Creighton, who I know is technically not a mid-major anymore now that they're in the Big East, but still program in Omaha, Nebraska, San Diego State, Gonzaga. They all have stability. They all have coaches that have been there forever. Go back and look at the first five, six years under Steve Fisher for San Diego State. It took a while to get them rolling. He probably wouldn't have even been able to build it into what it is today if that same rebuild was happening 20 years later because nobody has the patience for it. Over time, great coaches are going to figure it out. And I just think that this run to the Elite Eight by Creighton and, and by San Diego State, it's a, it's a perfect example of that. And just the, the value of stability and continuity inside your program and being able to establish a winning culture and seeing it through. I just don't think there's enough of that in the game today. 
But that's all I've got. Uh, shout out to San Diego State. Hoping they pull through on Sunday. Again, we'll be talking football more these next couple of days as we get into the beginning of spring ball. But uh, shout out to all you. Much love. Peace. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like not from Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.